This is the Great Human Chronicle. I'm Anvik. I can promise you very little with this story. But I can promise that you will get to see a man, a grown man, in a tiny glass bottle. At the very least, I can promise you the promise of seeing a grown man in a tiny glass bottle. It is the same promise that the people of London saw in their ads in their newspapers. It read, At half past six, on the third Monday of January 1750, there will be a performance in the new theatre in Haymarket unlike anything you've ever seen. A show that, until now, has only been seen by those who happen to have a crown on their head. For the first time, the people of London could see what few had seen. They could see a grown man in a tiny glass bottle. You could sit back and watch the show of a lifetime or you could take part in it. You could hold and play around with this bottle or give the performer something to put into that bottle. It would be like one of those bottles with tiny ships in it. Except that tiny ship that you see was a few hundred meters tall seconds ago. And at this point, you may question the entire premise of the promise. It might sound like something out of a patent redirected trilogy for a multi-movie franchise owned by the only company in Hollywood that matters. It might even sound impossible. And if you are at that point, I think I should tell you that it is impossible. And I'm telling you this because the point of this story isn't to make you sit for 10 odd minutes only to tell you what you already know, that shrinking a grown man is impossible. The point of the promise isn't the point at all. The point of it all is that the people of London on that third Monday of 1750 believed that there could be a man in that bottle. They sat in a stuffed theatre, suffocating and sweating, waiting for the impossible to start. And they waited, and 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 then waited some more for an hour past the time. They waited. Some groaned, some complained, but all of them waited. They had come to see the impossible, and the impossible sometimes took a little time. But then someone came on stage and apologized. He bowed and said that if the performer didn't show up in 15 minutes, everyone would be defunded. As those final 15 minutes began, the people grew more restless and angry. They had come to see the impossible, and the impossible sometimes took time, but they saw nothing. Someone then from the crowd screamed, If the ladies and gentlemen would give me double the price, I will crawl into a pint bottle. And people laughed. And that helped. Humor often helps. But a joke is often only as funny as those around you think it is. And people soon stopped laughing. Someone picked up a candle and threw it onto the stage. And anarchy fell. The joke had been on them.
At this point, I want you to picture the scene. The stage in front of you is on fire. Men and women are scrambling to the exits and as chaos ensues, the people tear the seats and benches, wigs fall, clothes are torn and the people rush out in what used to be their finest clothes. Everything that is portable is removed, the ticket receipts are stolen and a bonfire starts outside the theatre. The people of London hadn't seen a man in a bottle, but they saw a theatre in a bonfire. And I'd argue that that's not a very common thing either. In the weeks that followed, all the things you expect to happen happened. Questions were asked, blame was thrown around, and people laughed at the gullibility of the stupid people who believed that someone could fit in a bottle. Newspapers carried crazy advertisements and stories, and the jokes on the gullible people went on and on and on. But a joke is only as funny as those around you think it is. And eventually people found other things to joke about. And the jokes became less funny, and everyone moved on. Eventually, someone figured out who started this in the first place. It was some duke and some all, with enough money to book an entire theatre and run advertisements in all the London newspapers, all to prove a point to his friends. To prove that even if you advertise the most impossible thing in the world, you could find enough fools in London who would pay to be there. And I guess the Duke was right. There were enough fools in London who showed up to see what was impossible. And I like to think that when the Duke found out that night that the entire theatre was sold out, that the standing areas were being sold on premium, that it was all that London spoke about up to that day. I like to think that he and his posse laughed at the stupid people who believed in his little social experiment. And you can laugh too. You can laugh at those who believed that a grown man could be in a tiny glass bottle. You can laugh like those who wrote stories about the missing performer. Those who wrote that he couldn't come out that night because he's still trapped in a different bottle from a different show. That the Arabian Nights might have had something to do with it? Or was it that Oriental doctor, Benimbe Zambampanko? You could laugh at those who believed that there could be a man in the bottle 300 years ago. And you can laugh at those who believe that there are things in our vaccine bottles that are things that shouldn't be in our bodies. And we can laugh at those people who believe those stupid little stories about our vaccines. And I can tell you to laugh, or I can tell you to not laugh, or I can tell you to believe or to not believe in our men and our bottles full of vaccines that make less sense to the layman than a grown man in a bottle ever could. Because I will confess, there were times when I understood Ant-Man far more than I understood those vaccines. I believed in them, but I didn't understand them. Which makes me think that I didn't actually believe in them as much as I believed in the people who believed in them. And I tell you this because I want you to know that I think that those people that night weren't actually all that stupid. That I think they believe less in the whole man in the bottle part and more in the part that everyone around them also believed in it. That they believed less in the show that they couldn't see until they paid for it and more in the newspapers and theatres and other social structures that promised them that show. And until we mark the difference between the two, 
we will keep on laughing at those who don't believe the things we believe and we can agree to conform to whatever the people around us are doing we can agree to rebel against it all we can choose to agree to laugh or agree to scream or agree to just disagree about the efficacy of what is finally in that bottle but until we stop pretending like this is actually a pot what is inside that bottle the joke will only be as funny as it is to those who already believe Thank you so much for listening. I hope you liked that. Um I'm very worried that I will come <laughs> I'm very worried that I have come off as an anti-vaxer in this episode to those who weren't paying attention, but uh, that wasn't the aim. Uh please get vaccinated if you haven't already or at least just read up about it. I just think that uh screaming and laughing at the people who don't believe in vaccines isn't really helping our cause and as frustrating and annoying as it is, the only way to talk to people about getting the vaccine is by talking to them. If you did like this episode, let me know what you think about it on the Great Human Chronicle Instagram. There is a lot of content there. We put out so much stuff. I mean, I say we, it's just me and uh it's been a lot of work, so I really appreciate it. If you like what I'm doing with the show, tell a friend about it. If you don't, then just tell an enemy. <laughs> this is less about you and more about me. But uh apart from that, I hope you're safe. I hope you're happy. This episode of the Great Human Chronicle was written, researched, produced, directed and edited by Anvik Singh. The music in this episode was by Ambre Jean, Lucas, Gavin, Luke, Randaldo, and all artwork is by me. Thank you for your time, your energy, and most importantly, your attention. I'll see you in two weeks.